exactly what that cold open was either, but I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. We are live from Miami in the free state of Florida. As always, it is November 14th, 2023. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. Post-game show at rubinreport.locals.com immediately after the program. If you want to get in and question me, comment, share your thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and by the way, our second show, which we launched last week, People of the Internet, which normally is live every uh, Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, today, we have our reasons. I can't always explain everything. Well, I guess I could explain why. I'm on Russell Brand's show right after this, so we have to delay it just a little bit uh, till 2 p.m. Eastern, and if you wanna catch me with Russell Brand, uh, that will be on his channel on Rumble, uh, I think immediately after this, basically noon Eastern. Uh, the theme today, and we have a jam-packed program. I am very proud of today's rundown. I think you're gonna dig it. Uh, the theme today is when does the left go to this is a question that Jordan Peterson has been asking Democrats for years and years. When we were on tour back in 2018, he was meeting with Democrats in Congress to talk about this, to talk about what we all, what we now all call woke and all of this craziness. Like, what are the things that you good liberals and Democrats are gonna do when the crazy people in your party go completely bananas? And he could not get an answer on this. He questioned Bill Maher about it the other night, and that's gonna kind of set us up uh, for today's show because it's not just now that we have lefties defending the most horrific atrocities imaginable, uh, but they are also defending people who would gladly have our borders be overrun. They are defending people who would gladly have our cities be overrun, not only via the illegals who are coming over the border, but with drugs and everything else. And of course, if you stand up and say anything against them, you're called Hitler and or a Nazi. So the question is, what do independents, moderates, and good liberals have to do? I think you know my answer. We'll get to that in just a second. So let's kick it off uh, with another clip. We showed you uh, one or two yesterday, but there's a different one of Jordan Peterson on Real Time with Bill Maher last night, posing that very question. When does the left go too far? But what happens is that they are then saying that well, being oppressed is being I don't know if the Holocaust good. Yeah, well, this, but this is, the, this is the main issue. I mean, part of the reason that you see all this foolishness on university campuses, too, is because people have bought this idiot metamarxism, which is that the way to look at every social relationship that people ever have is through the lens of power. And that, that is, we can put that squarely at the feet of the universities, as far as I'm concerned, is, you know, marriage is a patriarchal institution and business is nothing but oppression. And you have to view every single situation that emerged historically as oppressor versus oppressed. And then once you get that, which you can get in about two minutes, if you sit in a course that teaches that sort of thing, you have a lens to moralize about the whole world through. And then you see the situation is that the leftists have already decided the Palestinians are the victims. And as you pointed out, if you're a victim, then you're morally righteous. And even more conveniently, if you stand for the victim, then you're morally righteous, regardless of what you do with your own life. And that's pretty much what university students are taught from the time they enter the university classroom. And that's how they, you know, orient themselves morally. Well, and I that's at the hands of the radical left, too, Bill. And one of the things the Democrats also have to pay the price for, I would say, is their absolute refusal to draw a line between the moderate Democrats and the extremists. They're completely incapable of doing that. Like, I've talked to 40 senators and congressmen in the last five years. I asked them all the same question. 
including RFK. He wouldn't answer either. When does the left go too far? Well, we certainly bloody well saw it in the last month, didn't we? Because they got the oppressor, oppressive narrative, a uh, little mucked up, we might say. And we're gonna, the consequences of that are going to unfold pretty brutally over the next few months. Man, if I do nothing else in my career, the fact that I had anything, even like the slightest pin drop of a thing to do with getting people to know that guy, that would be more than enough that they could put on my epitaph. I just want to mention that, you know, he mentioned RFK at the end. And RFK, who, of course, when Jordan interviewed him and mentioned that, when does the left go too far and RFK didn't have an answer, RFK was still a Democrat. He subsequently has left the Democrat Party. Uh, we didn't have time to pull it right before the show. Maybe we'll do a short about it or we can get it in tomorrow's show. But when I interviewed RFK a couple weeks ago live in LA, I mentioned to him that the day he announced that I said, I don't know that he's gonna be a Republican by the end of this thing, but he certainly will not be a Democrat because he has finally realized that the left has gone too far. So Jordan's, it's so great how Jordan just levels everything up there, right? Like he's making the, the real-time show better than it actually is. He's making Bill like go deeper into these issues because once you decide these people are the oppressors and these people, people are the oppressed, there is nothing that the oppressed cannot do to the oppressors. So it doesn't matter how many babies they burn, how many Holocaust survivors they shoot in the head, or how many grandmothers they rape, or what, uh, all the stuff, it does not matter, right? That actually, as many people said after October 7th, well, what did you think decolonization meant? So there is no evil that goes too far. So they tried blowing up buses, for many years and suicide bombing for many years and blowing up planes and stabbing people and all of those things. And the world kind of didn't care because of this nonsensical, and it's, com it's completely fabricated and nonsensical and it's actually downright evil, this notion that you it's either oppressed, it's, it's either oppressed or oppressor. And that's how you figure out good guys and bad guys. One side is always culpable of everything, the other side is never culpable of anything. And then as Jordan points out, the people who have nothing to do with it, but the people who are marching and the gender queer dingbats and the gays for Palestine and everything, they are then getting this faux uh, morality, right? They're getting faux worth by showing how much they are for the oppressed. Of course, it will only be a short line until the oppressed start beheading them, and then I guess we'll have to cover that on the show too, because you know we do what we can. Anyway, if you want, a perfect example of when the left goes too far. This, this almost, I like the chef's kiss, this is one of them. So Jeremy Corbyn, he was the leader of the Labour Party in, for many years in the UK. Uh, he fought very hard against Brexit, right? He's a globalist, he's a socialist. He has been a Hamas and a Hezbollah apologist for years, rabid hatred of Israel. Piers Morgan, and Piers, I'm very conflicted about Piers. I've done his show a couple of times. He kind of takes every position on everything, but he does give a voice to some people who should have a voice in mainstream. So, okay, in any event, and, and also as an interviewer, it's a lot of what you're about to see. Watch this, this is absolutely incredible. Last night, he asked Jeremy Corman, former head of the Labor Party, so in essence, he's there, Bernie Sanders, 15 times whether he thinks that Hamas is a terrorist group. Watch this. Can we have a discussion? Can you call them a terrorist? Can we have a discussion? Can you call them a terrorist? 
Is it possible to have a rational discussion Are you with prepared you? to call is Hamas a terror group? Is it possible to have a rational you discussion can't, can with you? you? Is it possible? Come on, answer that you question. You can't, can you? You answer it. No, it's my okay. show. You answer my question. Well, are, me... Hamas you are, the... are Hamas a terror group? Listen, can I... Are they a terror group? Piers, can I speak? Answer the question. Can I speak? Are they a terror group? Piers. Piers. No, then, no. If you let me speak... Are I'll they say... a terror group? If you'll let me speak, Piers. I'll say something. Go on, then. A ceasefire means both sides... You said and... that. Are they a terror group? Listen, I said that because are they that a terror is group? part of the process. Are they a terror and group? And will... Ha can we go... Why can't you say it? Piers, can we go through what ought to be happening? Just answer my question. Why do you think... Are Hamas a terror group? in the world are calling for a ceasefire. Are Hamas a terror group? Come on, answer that. Are... Answer me. No, You've it's got not so many... your show. You've got so many opinions. Why should I answer yours when you won't day? answer mine? Why do you give out your opinions all day and every day are Hamas, and you don't like it are when Hamas somebody pushes it back on are you? Are Hamas a terror group? Yes or well, no? You won't, like, you won't like it when somebody yes pushes it no. back on you. What I've said is... I've asked you two questions. Should Hamas stay in power and are they a terror group? You're refusing to answer either of them. They that is very telling. And you wonder, it's not very and you wonder it's why not, people think you had a problem with Jewish people. At all, right? Is you wonder. I sort of feel like I have to apologize for showing you that clip because in some ways that right there, like that version of television and the way that debate has devolved is sort of exactly why I started this show and try to interview people the way I do and communicate the way I do about some of these important issues. Uh, but yes, 15 times Piers Morgan asked him to just say that Hamas is a terrorist group. Now, keep in mind, this is the same question that was posed to AOC in the halls of Congress. We showed you that and Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, and they refused to say it. So they don't think that a group that breaks into someone's borders and randomly with maximal violence and, and just like un, unthinkable evil does all of the stuff puts babies into ovens, yes, they did that, and beheads women and rapes people and goes to a party and shoots as many people as possible and throws grenades into shelters to, to maim people. I saw another video, I put it up this morning, of, of some of that from October 7th. I mean, it's just unimaginable, but he just can't say they're a terrorist group because he is a Hamas supporter and he has been for a long time. So let me relate that to the top of the show. Jordan Peterson's question to Bill Maher and to RFK and to, to really everybody, when does the left go too far? And if no one on the left can ever say, boy, we've gone a little too far this time, when we have calls for genocide on the street in New York City and people praising Hitler on the streets of Dearborn, Michigan, and all those things, if no good liberal, and it's not to say no, none, because there are like little bites of people, but at, but at sort of a national level, any real leader is afraid to say, you know, enough's enough. Uh, then they have a real problem on their hands. Now I wanna show you a clip, and, and I have to say before I show this on a personal note, uh, I was part of the Young Turks for a couple of years in 2013 and 14. They're, they're a far left progressive YouTube channel, I guess. And when I was there, I was a progressive. I, I think, I'd like to think that I was not completely insane lefty. And on certain issues, I definitely wasn't. There were a couple of times that uh, flare-ups happened between Hamas and Israel, and I would defend Israel against five people, including two who were my boss and a whole bunch more. And they were always screaming about everything and everything else. Anyway, I'm going to show you a clip now of Cenk Uygur. He is the, the head of the Young Turks. In all the years since I left the Young Turks, so I left in 2014, I think, so it's almost nine years ago. I don't know that I've ever played one clip of him. Have I ever played one 
single clip of him on this show? I don't think so. They have done hundreds of videos lying about me and saying all sorts of awful things and selectively editing everything else. Uh, Phoenix brought this video to my attention last night because it was making the rounds, and I think it's worth showing uh, because there is a certain set of people, when you talk about the left going too far, they have no idea about history. Most of their whole worldview is caught up in what Jordan talked about, oppressed versus oppressor. So you can excuse everything, you can excuse racism, and then of course you can call everyone else a racist. So again, on Piers Morgan's show, uh, but this is from two days ago, I believe, uh, Rabbi Shmuley Boteach, he's a, he's a uh, rabbi who goes on in television and, and defends Jews and Israel, I suppose, uh, he gave a real lesson to Cenk Uger about the history of the Middle East. Cenk was screaming and screaming and screaming. We're gonna start with then uh, the rabbi explaining a little bit of history and just watch Cenk's reaction. I've spent, I've spent my life debating people. Whenever someone, whenever someone starts using personal names and screaming like a lunatic, they're losing the debate. Let me remain You're factual. the one First who of all, made the up Palestinians, things. The Palestinians, the Palestinians, the, uh, the Palestinians were offered a state in 1936 in the Peel Commission. They rejected it. They were offered a state in 1947, the UN Partition Plan. They rejected it. They were offered a state in 1967 after Israel conquered Judea and Samaria and the West Bank. They rejected it. They were offered a state in 2000, Yasser Arafat, Ehud Barak. They rejected it. They were offered a state with Ehud Omer 2008. They rejected it. They have the, Israel unilaterally withdrew from Gaza in 2005, and they did not create a state. In fact, where were you, Cenk, when you say that you care about Palestinian children, when Hamas stole the highest rate of per capita international foreign aid, larger than the Marshall Plan, from Palestinian children, did not build schools for them, did not build hospitals, took all the money to buy bombs and to build a network of tunnels, which is larger than the, than the New York subway system. Where were you then? Why are, did you only come up now? In fact, when Bashar al-Assad killed 600,000 children, Arab children, when he gassed them with mustard gas, my organization took out full-page New York Times ads to protect them from sarin gas. Where were you then? You don't care about Arab children. You are a Jew hater, defined as someone who only Shut wants to lie up. and say that the Jews you are bigot. genocideers. You and racist. don't try to cancel me and say that I shouldn't be on. Say, so, you know, I'm, I'm a little conflicted, not, not just because for the first time in all the years I showed a video of him, but you know, in some ways I, I owe Jank a certain amount of credit because if it wasn't for seeing his endless screaming and lack of knowledge and historical knowledge and actually his true bigotry and all of those things, I don't know that I ever would have really woken up to what the left was. So I don't regret working there as embarrassing as uh, it is, I suppose, in some level in retrospect that I had anything to do with those people. By the way, the name, the Young Turks, which is the name of the network, those were the groups of people in Turkey who committed the Armenian genocide, killed over a million Armenians. Uh, this is pre-World War One. I. I think it was, what was it, around 1910, if I'm not mistaken. And Hitler got the idea of the Holocaust from the Young Turks who were committing a genocide against the Armenians because the world didn't care about that. So then Hitler was like, oh, I guess I could probably pull this off because the world won't care about that. So Cenk literally named his organization after uh, an organization that was for a genocide, that committed a genocide, which if I'm not mistaken, he still denies. And then of course he calls the rabbi a racist and a bigot and the rest of it. Uh, but everything, and I, and I would welcome you to fact check it, everything that the rabbi said there was true, that the 1936 Peel Commission, by the way, you could watch my interview with RFK, he goes into all the history too. 1947, partition plan, 67 after that war, uh, 2000, 2008. There were so many times that the Palestinians could have had a state 
it would have been the first time they had a state because there's never been a Palestinian state. The only people to ever offer the Palestinians a state are the Israelis. These are the facts. And that's why they can be laid out calmly and cleanly without screaming and without calling everyone a racist. But in some ways, you can't blame the people who are really confused, right? Because let's go back to the top for a second. The Democrats don't know when to say enough is enough. Then you get a series of people like Jeremy Corbyn who get elected based on lies and bigotry using their oppressed oppressor thing. And they get put into power and they do all of the wrong things. Then you have an, a, 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 an educational class, let's say, that teaches people all of the wrong things. And then of course you have a media class that lies and obfuscates about absolutely everything. So, <clears throat> excuse me, so on MSNBC, the televised mental institution known as MSNBC, uh, here is Andrea Mitchell, and she is trying to explain because she's sitting in New York City in the comforts of New York City, and she is a millionaire, and they have tons of security at that building. She's here, she is trying to explain that Israel is being a little heavy-handed in what they're doing, even though they know, and they, everyone knows it, and watch, she's, she's a Hamas apologist, and also pathetically, she's a Jew, which is, which is just absolutely embarrassing. Uh, but here she is trying to explain that Israel's being a bit harsh when it comes to bombing certain things, because uh, people might get killed, and even though Hamas knows exactly what they're doing, Andrea, again, millionaire, uh, New York City, a lot of security, but she, she's better than those people trying to uh, make sure that their children don't get raped. John Kirby, thanks for being with us. It's a tough day. Let me start with the hospitals. Even if Israel's claim that Hamas command and control is under al-Shifa, as well as under other hospitals, other Hamas units, even if that were to prove true, and my understanding is that the U.S. has not independently confirmed that intel, does that justify striking a hospital? Because questions have been raised by um, General Brown, CQ Brown, and others, that even getting a couple of terrorists or a terrorist cell doesn't justify targeting a hospital. Andrea Mitchell, let me just throw this one out to you. You, you are a horrible, horrible human being. You've, you've been a horrible broadcaster for the 30 some odd years that you've been on television. You've been wrong about almost everything. You take the wrong side on everything. You apologize for Hamas. They would kill you, you stupid Jew. They would gladly behead you, Andrea Mitchell, and you think that if you offer them a little penance, that somehow they will be like, oh, you know, Andrea Mitchell, she kind of defended us over the hospital where we had our communications underneath and we were launching rockets from, guys, could we give Andrea Mitchell an extra five minutes? Maybe, you know, before we behead her, yeah, we were gonna behead her now. Could we just rape her for another five minutes before we behead her? That's the way this thing ends. You awful human being and, and, and everyone in that building of MSNBC, you are all awful propagandists and liars and don't worry, we've got more clips from MSNBC. By the way, when she says that there's no independent, con everyone knows, everyone knows that the Shifa hospital in Gaza underneath, that is where Hamas is running operations from. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. She's just a Hamas apologist and a liar. You are an embarrassment, Andrea Mitchell. You know, I saw her at the airport once picking up a bag and I should have said something. 
Anyway, uh, let's before we do more with MSNBC, let's ship to, ship, uh, shift over to another propaganda network, this one, CNN. Uh, they brought on a doctor. Her name is Barbara Zind. And uh, here she is explaining that Israel isn't giving Hamas enough fuel and stuff uh, because there's a hospital. And even though they've kidnapped 200 Israelis and they have a three-year-old American baby and they murdered all those people and the beheadings and all of this stuff, why can't they just give them more fuel for their hospital? Those freaking Jews who won't feed and give fuel to the people trying to kill them, fucking Jews. One of the big conversations has been allowing fuel uh, from Israel into Gaza. That was a non-starter. But now the Israeli government has, for example, IDF says it placed 300 liters of fuel outside of the Al-Shifa hospital. There's this video I'll show everyone. This was provided to CNN by them. We can't independently verify the video. But the hospital's director said the staff was too afraid to go outside and even get that fuel. That's the IDF bringing the fuel because of the strikes nearby. And, and he also noted, and I'd like your take on this, doctor, that that amount of fuel, 300 liters, would only run hospital generators for about 30 minutes. Um, I know that they have huge generators because they're used to power outages. And you know, before the war in Gaza, you'd have four hours on, four hours off. So in that four hours off, all the hospitals had their generators going. I'm not sure of the capacity or how much fuel it it uses, but I'm sure that they would use a lot. I mean, at this point, even the rooms are not are not functional. Um, all the because of the bombing, the glass is broken, and all the patients are in corridors, which doesn't have an oxygen supply and doesn't have all the all that you need to care for a patient. That would explain these images to us why we see so many of those hospital beds in the hallways and not in 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 the rooms. I mean, these this is not third world medicine. They have up to date intensive care units that are now destroyed, non-functional. And it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult to, difficult to hear. Dr. Barbara Zinn, thank you. As always, you've really, as I said last time, helped guide us through. Evil, evil. You know, when they tell you that the Jews control the media, I'm starting to think it's not true because the entire mainstream media is rabidly against Israel. What other army in the, in the world, in the history of the world, month after they have killed 1,500 of your people and all of the stuff that I have repeated repeatedly at this point on this show and, and I will continue to repeat. Who, what other army in the world would be like, oh, and here we're going to put our troops in harm's way, right? There could be snipers out there. There could be uh, EIDs, IEDs on the, on the ground there. We're going to put our troops in the middle of the night to put some gas there so that you can keep some of these generators running. No other army would do that. Every other army on earth, including the army of the United States, would have blown apart that hospital and killed everybody. How, remember when we were having a problem with ISIS, what was it, about seven years ago? And we just blew apart all of Syria and all of the Middle East. How many, how many civilian casualties were there? Was that proportionate? I mean, they did kill one or two Americans. It, this, this entire thing is an absolute farce. And until we completely call it, what it is, we are going to keep making the same mistakes. But Andrea Mitchell should be ashamed. Whoever that CNN person is, it doesn't even matter. She should be ashamed. Does that doctor care about the 200 hostages, the three-year-old American baby? What, why is it the responsibility of the Israelis who had no, literally not one citizen living in Gaza on October 6th, had not one military installation in Gaza? It was theirs. They could have done whatever they wanted with it, right? They turned it into a, a haven for mass murder, not only of Israelis, but of Gazans. Simple, true, that's it. But the mainstream media, 
will not tell you who the terrorists are. And then what they do is if you push back against the actual terrorists and the actual terrorist sympathizers, yes, they call you the Nazi and they call you Hitler. So one of the thing that's happen, things that's happening right now is that Trump is sort of back into their ecosystem. Their sense is that Trump is gonna win this primary. There's polls showing that he's gonna beat Joe Biden, so we gotta ramp up the Hitler stuff. So remember, the Democrat base and the progressives and the Hamas caucus and all these people, they're out there on the streets calling for genocide, gas the Jews, river to the sea, all of that stuff. That's not Hitlery and Nazi-like, right? That's, that's, you know, they're ripping down American flags, putting up Palestine, flags, desecrating monuments of, uh, of Jefferson and, and many others. Those are somehow the good guys. Uh, but if you talk about them, then you're the Hitler guy. So this one's just spectacular. So Brian Stelter, we haven't done a video of him in a while. Mr. Potato Head himself, who got fired from CNN because nobody was watching his show. It was the brunt of every joke on the internet. Uh, he was sharing misinformation, whether it was Donald Trump, very fine people on both sides, Russia collusion, Brett Kavanaugh's a serial rapist, you know all the stuff. He gets fired from CNN. He now writes a book about misinformation and everything else, and then they put him back on CNN to promote it. Do, do we have a, a uh, like a boxing glove or something that I can just punch myself in the face with rather than watching this? Here, go. And I'm glad you just played that clip of him yeah. describing his opponents as vermin. That's a horrifying clip. That's a fascist clip. You know, oftentimes fascism is perceived as an expansionist, warlike, you know, idea from the 1930s, from Hitler's Germany. But Trump is this kind of isolationist fascist in terms of his rhetoric over the weekend. He goes to give a Veterans Day speech and then talks about rooting out vermin from the left. That is shocking, and it's not the kind of thing we can ever get numb to. There's so much there. First off, Brian Stelter, again, he got fired from CNN for lying, and thus over time, more and more people started making fun of his lies and exposing his lies. He got fired from CNN. What does he do? He becomes a professor at Harvard in media training, right? Because of course, if you're gonna lie on mainstream media, then you, you're a lefty, you fail up, you go to Harvard, and where would it be if you were just like a lefty, complete, vapid, dishonest moron? Of course you would go to Harvard of all places, right? He then writes a book called Network of Lies, and then promotes that on CNN. Irony is dead. It is dead, completely dead. Bury it six feet under. That's it, people. He then calls Donald Trump, so of course he's calling Donald Trump a racist, and he's, he's a Hitler, and Nazi, an isolationist fascist. That's a new one because we usually think of fascists. Fascists want their government to take over the world. Hitler was a fascist and he wanted Germany to invade all these other countries and France and Britain and Belgium and Holland and... But Trump, he only cares about his little country, so he's a fascist too. I need to take ashwagandha. Is that what it's called? I should start taking it. I think it would help. Uh, but let's, okay, that's one thing. So. I'm just gonna show you here. So this is what they're doing. Trump's at Hitler. They did it for years, but they're bringing it back. And they're doing it as, at the exact time that there are people on the streets calling for exactly what Hitler wanted, and they refuse to say anything about those people. So now let's go back to the televised mental institution known as MSNBC. Uh, here is Nicole Wallace. And uh, yes, it is that Trump has always admired Adolf Hitler. I mean, let, let's deal with Hitler, okay? Okay. Um, Trump's affinity for Hitler was always covered under an umbrella of his stupidity, right? People like General Kelly were like, oh, you must not get it. You must not mean 
Hitler's army, right? I mean, you would talk about the brilliance of Hitler's generals, correct? General Kelly, yes, correct. And and you've got some reporting about about Merkel. I want you to explain that. I'm going to read that. But 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 tell me how Trump sees Hitler. Well, Trump clearly has this infatuation with strong leaders. He thinks that's good. They must be brilliant. They must be smart. Uh, this is why he actually was praising Hezbollah recently for being smart. Uh, but he talks about really you know, smart. Is what he said I, about I mean, Hezbollah. His, his, his praise for Kim Jong-un, for, for Putin, uh, for Viktor Orban uh, of Hungary. Um, you know, the, the, the I, I will get to, 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 to the Hitler, uh, this amazing interaction that, that he had with, um, or that, he, that he recounted that he had with, uh, with Angela Merkel. I mean, he wants to be seen as a big, strong leader. He wants to emulate these people. I'm not, I'm not saying that Donald Trump is a Nazi. I don't, I'm not. But, but there is this infatuation that he has, and he echoes his language. I mean, that's when you were talking, mm -hmm. you know, when he, when he talks about rooting out the vermin. Even the phrase, uh, the enemy of the people, uh, which he used to describe the press, mm -hmm. is something that is drawn from Nazi Germany. It's also drawn from Stalin. This is a dictator's phrase, and it's one that he eagerly embraced. Does he know all the history of it? I don't know, but the parallel is clear. I'm not going to call him a Nazi, but I'm going to spend my entire time promoting my book on your TV channel calling him a Nazi. And by the way, the corporate press is the enemy of the people, and that doesn't make me a Nazi or an authoritarian. You people lie about everything, and it is direct consequence. It is a direct consequence that your lies have led us to the place that we are now at. You know, an interesting little sidebar on this uh, Jonathan Carl guy. So when I wrote Don't Burn This Book, my first book, uh, the, I sold about 30,000 copies, I think, in the first week, which should have been number two, I think, on the New York Times bestseller list. They put me at number 11 because they just lie about their whole thing. And they put him, his book sold about 4,000 copies and sales are known. So you, you don't have, you know, you're not just pulling them out of thin air. They put him at number four. He is just part of the machine and he's now making the rounds. I'm not calling him Hitler, but let's talk about Hitler. So here's more of him on another show on MSNBC. Here he is with Jen Psaki. And Jen Psaki, remember, she is not a journalist. She is a Democrat activist who worked at the Biden administration. She was a horrible press secretary. So then she gets a six-figure deal working for MSNBC, pretending she's doing news. And here he is again. For a guy that doesn't like to call Trump Hitler, he seems to be on a lot of TV shows calling Trump Hitler. It reminded me just of what we've seen of this forum shopping to find staffers and lawyers, frankly, who agree with what Trump wants to do. And there was some element that wasn't that way in the first term, but feels like it could be in the second. I mean, part of this, we, we recently heard Trump, I mean, just over the last couple of days, uh, indict his political opponent. I say he threatened he was going to indict his political opponents. He said he was rooting, he wanted to root out the vermin of the left. That's literally the term he used. Um, he has extreme positions on a range of issues, of course. But what, is, what do you make of these kind of increasing threats? It feels a little like the authoritarian uh, wiles of him are increasing, but what do you make of it? You've it's, it's, it's a central theme of my book, which is, and this is also something that is different. Uh, there is a coherent idea now behind Trump's re-election campaign. I don't know if there was always a coherent idea besides I'm the best, I'm the greatest, I'm mm -hmm. going to build the wall, all that stuff. Now it is retribution. And that quote that you just cited about vermin, we're going mm. to we're going to we're going to get the vermin. I mean, that is Nazi imagery. Mm. Now, I'm not 
saying that Donald Trump is a Nazi. But those are the that is the, the language of, used of, by, by yes. Adolf Hitler. I'm not going to say that Donald Trump is a Nazi. I'm just going to keep saying Nazi and Donald Trump in the same sentence. And then I'm going to say that I'm not saying it. And thank God that you people who watch MSNBC are complete uh, not bright people. Otherwise, uh, you might not see what I'm doing. But let's continue with MSNBC because uh, here's this guy, Mehdi Hassan. He is, he is a Hamas supporter. He is a terrible, terrible person. And again, in some respects, when you look at the Andrea Mitchells and the Mehdi Hassans and the Jen Sakis and all of these people, I don't blame them. They are puppets and buffoons who are making six figures and it's nice to make six figures. I blame, blame the people up the chain at MSNBC. There is a corporate structure that wants their lies to be heard. That is the truth. And you're, you're, this is incredible. I don't know how John, Jonathan Carl is not in this segment because it's Hitler again. We're doing more Hitler. Hitler, roll. These reports should terrify each and every one of us. Trump isn't hiding his authoritarian ambitions for a second term, from punishing his political opponents to locking up immigrants in camps to deploying the military, all while echoing the hateful rhetoric of Adolf Hitler. We know exactly what we can expect if he retakes the White House in 2024. But hey, what was it about Joe Biden's age again? You know, Hitler is probably looking up, right, he's in hell, so he's looking up right now like, these people are complete morons. Like, they are, they are besmirching my good name. Uh, but let's continue, MSNBC, here we go, Joe, Joe Scarborough, and uh, do I even have to describe these people anymore? Here, here, Hitler, go. And now we're going, we're just going full on Hitler, uh, yeah. talking about, uh, talking about vermin. Again, he's lifting straight from the 1930s, straight from fascist then. I know there are a lot of, a lot of professors that don't want to go there. They say, oh, well, maybe it's not fascism yet. But you see January 6th, you see Donald Trump praising the people that stormed the Capitol, tried to overthrow American democracy, and then use the same words that Nazis in Germany used in the 30s and Mussolini used in Italy. Wait, what do you want to call it? Like, you know, afternoon tea? Like, if it if it sounds like Nazism, if it, if it walks like Nazism, if he makes threats the way he's making threats, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what you call it if you don't call it fascism. His intent to uh, turn the government into a an, uh, weapon of revenge and retribution, uh, the, the plans, the detailed plans for massive deportations and concentration camps. Everything they accuse Trump of and accuse the rest of us of is what they are guilty of. That guy at the end, that Trump wants revenge and retribution against his political opponents. Who's on trial right now uh, for a whole bunch of stuff? There's some federal cases and some New York cases and they're going after his businesses and they're trying to put him in jail. And also there's a classified document thing that also other people like Mike Pence and Hillary Clinton have been guilty of. Who, who, uh, it's that Hitler. Anyway, here's a clip from The View. I don't think they say the name Hitler, but it's implied Hitler. Enjoy. 
here. Don't his supporters see that he turns on people who are in his corner? If you dare to go against him, even this much, he goes bananas on you. They don't understand that that's a dictatorship. They don't see the signs of fascism. And they don't see that they, they will be the next it. victims of this vitriol. They well, haven't and, and the reality it. is this, is he's, Donald Trump is running for president for two reasons, to stay out of jail and to get revenge on his enemies. And when he right. speaks, we should listen. And frankly, it's scary. Um, he's already said he's going to come after people like General John Kelly, my former boss, Chairman Mark Milley, people who dare to Pence. stand against him, Mike Pence. Journalists. Um, I, yeah, I think there's reason us. for all this to be concerned. What about us? But there's a, there's a really interesting... <laughs> try it. Go ahead, try it. We have this there's... show every day, okay, yeah. Donald? Um, <laughs> there's a really interesting metaphor in uh, Susan Glasser's book, The Divider, about Trump, where she describes him like the dinosaur in Jurassic Park who gets smarter and he learns how to open the door. Joy, Joy, this brings me no joy. We used to know each other. We'd bump into each other on the Upper West. You'd say hi to my dog. Whatever they have pumped your face full of, they are going too close to your brain. You've got to stop them, okay? They're supposed to be going under your eyes or wherever they're supposed to be going. Keep your forehead nice and clean. But they're, they're going in a little bit too far. So you think that Donald Trump wants to become president so that he can get you. I'm pretty sure that's not high on the priority list, although maybe it should be, quite frankly. Um, but okay, this is what they do. The real Nazis, and their supporters, and here's where I would say people like Rashida and Ilhan, Ilhan right? It's, this is the crew. The left doesn't know when to stop itself, right? When does the left go too far? Top of the show. They have the real Nazis out on the street. They are attacking Jewish restaurants and stores. They're showing up to temples, all, all of the stuff that you all know. Now, they're not concerned about that. MSNBC is not worried about that. They are worried about the man who already was president, do, didn't do any of the things they are claiming he's gonna do this time and everything else. And, and by the way, guys, as you know, I have my reservations about Trump. If he became president again, I actually don't think he'd be able to hire anybody good. I think it would be a, a cluster F beyond imagination and all of that stuff. It would be, I, I would gladly take that cluster F beyond what's going on now. But like, I'm not sitting here like, wow, Trump, 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 but he's not Hitler, you idiots. He was the most pro-Israel president that we had probably in five decades, maybe, maybe since Truman announced that he was recognizing the modern state of Israel. Like all of this, his grandchildren are freaking Jews, you morons. Uh, but that's what they do. They're really good at the shell game, right? They destroy everything. Their people are the haters. They're the ones that are running insurrections and occupying the Capitol when they want to. And it's a pro-Palestine rally and everything else and destroying stores and Black Lives Matter and anti. They do all the stuff. But then the rest of us who basically believe in law and order and would like to be left alone, we're all the Nazis because that's all Nazis ever. Why would you just leave me alone? So now let's look at the policies of when the left goes too far, because there's a lot of evidence of it. And unfortunately, this isn't the stuff that they cover on mainstream media. Let's go over to San Francisco. And you guys know, because I talk about it a lot. San Francisco is a third world hellhole. So I want to show you this video. This is from a week ago. This is just a, a random woman who happens to work in San Francisco. And here she is taking a video from one week ago of the Tenderloin District in San Francisco. Take a look. Mentally 
Those people wish they could be in Gaza right now, okay? San Francisco, now there's a reason I'm showing you that. San Francisco, as you know, and by the way, it's not just the Tenderloin District, it is sprawling everywhere in that city, or I should say was sprawling everywhere in that city, uh, because Gavin Newsom, as you know, he went to China last week, and he's become good buddies with Chinese President Xi Jinping, and uh, he's an authoritarian, he's a communist, he keeps people in 15-minute cities, he has social credit scores, uh, pretty pretty bad dude, generally, you could say, about Xi. Uh, he, do he doesn't really believe in freedom, and uh, by the way, Gavin Newsom doesn't believe in freedom. So Xi and a couple of his buddies uh, are coming over from China, and they're going to San Francisco, and you're not gonna believe this. They actually cleaned up San Francisco. Coincidence? Oh. Yes, that's right. The summit is expected to bring in $53 million, filling hotel rooms, bringing big business. And the city did tidy up for Dreamforce, but this cleanup is much more extensive. While San Francisco is in the spotlight for the Asia-Pacific Economic Conference, city leaders are making sure the city shines. Tourism is our business here in San Francisco, and we need to focus on making sure that the tourist dollars still come back. Caltrans repaving major roadways like the Harrison Street off-ramp from the I-80. BART doubling down by deep cleaning their stations overnight more often. The city had gotten a little bit dingy over time. Scrubbing and power washing is happening all over the city. Yeah, the bottom of my shoes look clean. Like. It's noticeable how clear the streets look and how few homeless encampments there are on major thoroughfares. Having been a longtime resident in the Bay Area, you just naturally start to wonder of like houseless folks being displaced. Public Works is installing decorative crosswalks in North Beach and Chinatown, and the Webster Street pedestrian bridge in Japantown was recently repainted. The Yerba Buena Gardens at the Moscone Center are decked out with new colorful landscaping and murals, paid for by the Clean California grant, just in time for the 20,000 high-profile CEOs and heads of state coming into town next week. Some people say this should be how it's always done. What about the people who are here year-round, you know, and like local, hardworking, working-class Bay Area folks? You guys really need to understand how evil this is. They could have done this the entire time. San Francisco does not have to be the way it is. Los Angeles does not have to be the way it is. Seattle, Portland, et cetera. Uh, as Connor pointed out during that clip, uh, where are the homeless people? There are about 30 to 40,000 homeless people in San Francisco, zombie-like, fentanyl-addicted, blood all over their face, drooling. They barely are people. That's what these drugs do to them. Where are they right now? What did they do with those people? Why are there no videos of those people? What did you do with them, Gavin Newsom? Like, I, whatever the worst imaginable thing that Gavin Newsom could have done is to them is, like, that's probably what he did. Does he have a giant blender and he just put some fentanyl in it, like in a giant blender somewhere, and he had them just walk like lemmings off a thing, and then he chopped them up, and then he probably uses the goo to smear all over his face. How was that for a morning show? Anyway, here's more video of the cleaned up San Francisco streets. Very exciting. Here we are, downtown San Francisco. And as you can see, they got it blocked off. I'm not a big fan of these barricades. It's sad our country's not safe enough. It's sad they got to put up barricades. Can only imagine how the academy are. Let me make a very twisted prediction. Uh, you might think, you might go, okay, well, Dave, 
it was horrible what was happening in San Francisco. This is their chance to turn it around. They've cleaned it up and let's not worry about those 30, maybe you had to kill 30,000 fentanyl addicts. So we don't know where they are. Let's just put them aside for just a second. Um, I think what Gavin Newsom is doing is he has talked to Xi Jinping and he's basically selling out San Francisco and probably all of California to China that China will start running San Francisco one way or another, and there will be fences everywhere. It will be harder for people to come in and come out. Nobody will have any privacy. It will be highly regulated. Social credit scores, like this is the beginning of it. And Gavin Newsom has brought it into California, and he wants to export that throughout the United States. That is what we are up against at a national level. Uh, but if you wanna hear from Gavin Newsom, you may need a barf bag because I'm about to show you two clips. Um, he is so profound profoundly evil. Listen to the way he talks about how having finally cleaned up the city. Folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true because it's true. But it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC, we've been having different conversations. It's true because it's true. But before they were just talking about it, but then they decided to do it when his, when his masters decided to come to town. He is so effing evil, it is off the charts. Like, he is a lizard person. I will go into hiding if he becomes president of the United States. You guys can come with me, I got a bunker somewhere, it's not, and I think we have internet, so we'll keep doing the show. Um, he, he is a bad dude. You know what's interesting? I, I, this is my house, we're in my house right now. Um, I keep it clean, regardless of uh, whether people are coming over or not. Now, when people are coming over for, say, a dinner party, um, we do clean up a little bit more, it's a little tidier, uh, but we don't let the whole place become a disheveled hovel when nobody's here. And then when really fancy people are here, we just clean up the whole damn thing like evil. Anyway, here he is again, doubling down on what's happened here in San Francisco. Anytime you put on an event, by definition, you know, you, you have people over your house, you're gonna clean up the house. You have 21 world leaders, you got tens of thousands of people coming from all uh, around the globe. Uh, what an opportunity to showcase the world's most extraordinary place, San Francisco. The world's most extraordinary place. There isn't enough fentanyl that would get me back there. Um, bad dude, bad dude. He was the mayor of San Francisco. He's the one that destroyed San Francisco in the first place. He had a 10-year plan to get rid of homelessness and then homelessness exploded under him. You know what he's done to Cali. And then he's just saying it. Like he's saying it to your face, America. He's saying, yeah, when we want to be able to do something and give you clean cities and clean streets and lower crime and all of those things, we can do it, but we don't really want to do it unless the Chinese are coming over and then we wouldn't want to upset them. So I think we've shown you when the left goes too far, say supporting Hamas, say telling you that Donald Trump is Hitler, say destroying cities and then only cleaning them up when the communists come to town. Uh, but let's continue a little bit further because uh, Whitney Cummings, who's a comedian, she was on Joe Rogan's show. And I can't verify the truth of this one. I'm going to take her word for it and we'll check on this. Uh, but she has also fled California. And as you know, Rogan fled California. I fled California. Ben Shapiro in the Daily Wire fled California. Elon Musk uh, moved most of his stuff out into Texas, although he's still in San Francisco because of Twitter. I mean, there's just been a massive purge of people over, I think around 1.3 million people in three years, just fleeing that state. And of course, they are trying to make sure that if you flee that state, that they can still tax you. 
because they are evil, because Gavin Newsom is an evil communist who is under the boot of the Chinese. Uh, but J Whitney Cummings, who is on Joe Rogan, and she said this about what's happening to the animals now of California. Like a raccoon. And so I call animal control. This is like the most California response. I'm like, I have this raccoon in my tree. And she's like, yeah, that's where they live. I'm like, yeah, no, this is where I live, bitch. Get the, it's sick. Something's wrong with it. Last thing I need is a fucking coyote eating it. And then we have rabid coyotes. I already have to deal with that. And she goes, well, a lot of the wild animals in California are acting really weird right now because people are testing their cocaine for fentanyl. And if it tests positive, they flush it down the toilet. So there's fentanyl in the water. So the coyotes and raccoons are acting really weird. What? <laughs> like, wait, That's what she said? Yes. I was like, if you're telling me there's fentanyl coyotes, I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but how, wait a minute. What about people? Do people get that water? How is that, where's that water going? I mean, they already like, probably, they is just... It, where's the, like, does that mean that wastewater from a toilet flushing goes out into the streets? Like, what is this, Rome? I know, probably. The, this is how they started the Black Plague. for the same uh, fate. Okay, okay, I can't speak to the veracity and absolute truthiness of the claim, but I have no doubt that Media Matters will be fact-checking me on this. Um, but the let's just say it's ballpark sort of right, that this is what now is happening, and there will be coyotes on fentanyl killing the California liberals who will be going, I think Hitler did that. That's where we're at. But liberals, moderates, etc., there is a way out, but you're gonna have to put your money where, where your mouth is. So James Lindsay, and, uh, who I've had on the show many times before, and James has been one of the, like, the strongest intellectual uh, backers of truth and decency and anti-wokeness. He saw that clip and he wrote this. I thought it was pretty perfect. He wrote, yeah, but it would be like slumming it to vote for a conservative. And that still is the position of so many liberals. Again, Bill Maher, who I try to give a lot of credit to, let's not forget, a month ago I showed you a clip of him saying he wants Gavin Newsom to run for president while then he rails against the woke and then sits across someone like Bill Maher who explains why, uh, sits across uh, someone like Jordan Peterson who explains why that doesn't make any sense. But until the last liberals, and I know a bunch of Jews are waking up right now, but there aren't enough Jews to affect the, the outcome of an election. But like when they're like, oh, we're into your beheading your grandma, then people start do voting the wrong way. The good libs, this is up to you guys. And you know what? There are signs, there are a couple signs. So we're, we're almost there, guys. Uh, in Chicago, oh, we're gonna do a segment on Chicago. How many people were killed in Chicago this weekend before we get to it? How many? This is, believe it or not, my, uh, segment we're about to do is not necessarily about how many people were killed in Chicago this weekend, but it is good to know. Just how many people were shot in Chicago this weekend? Can I get some numbers, please? This is dead air. Eight um, dead, 16 shot. 16 shot, eight dead. Low weekend, man. You got something for me? Those, yeah, those are rookie. No, get, get to it, Chicago, get cracking. Anyway, um, in Chicago, as you know, there's crazy crime. Now they've got their sanctuary city, so they've got all the problem with the immigrants and everything else, the illegal immigrants, I should say, the illegal aliens, I should say. Uh, anyway, uh, some black people in Chicago, and black people are thought of as oppressed in America, so you have to believe them when they say something. Uh, they're sort of pissed that the migrants are getting all the services, and uh, they're thinking about leaving the Democrats. Here's, check, just check this out. We're here to say to black aldermen who are elected by the black citizens of Chicago that we are fed up with you not hearing our stress and our demands, but rather do what you want to do to please the Democratic Party. We are fed up 
with you for not taking the lead to stop the buses. We are fed up with you for not demanding of Brandon Johnson to remove illegal immigrants from our communities. And we're also here to say we are, we are denouncing uh, Alderman William Hall and Lamont Robinson for going to the border to look into the eyes of illegal immigrants, but has failed to look into the eyes of homeless black men, women, and children, and other citizens of Chicago. We have veterans who have served this country who are homeless. Have you looked into their eyes? If this mass increase of immigration continues, all wages and employment for black workers and potential workers will fall. Our position is that we will not quietly sit by and allow poor, destitute people from around the world come to Chicago and be dumped into poor, destitute communities in the city of Chicago to please the political agenda of black aldermen the, uh, the mayor of the city of Chicago and the governor of the state of Illinois, as well as the president of the United States. Reach, sister. Yeah, everything she said there is true. They have had it. They have had decades of Democrat rule. Democrats have destroyed their city with crime and shootings and everything else. In the last few years, Democrats have destroyed their city with uh, the sanctuary city concept, which of course just allows illegals to come in and get services. And there aren't unlimited services, much like there's not unlimited amounts of anything. So then you have to start taking away from the other people who want those services. I also have to say, I kind of dig a woman in a full uh, denim outfit. Seems like a very simple thing to put on. You know what I mean? I got to button this and this and this, the whole thing. Just getting like a big denim thing. That seems kind of nice. Uh, but of course she's right. And Democrats, you're going to have to choose uh, who do you like more, black people or illegals? And I know that's going to be a tough one for you because you also want the illegals to vote, which is why you don't want voter ID. But you're going to have to work that one out. Uh, here's just a couple images of what's happening on the streets of Chicago, right in the area that that woman was talking about. This is right next door, by the way, to the local police department. Uh, sent in pictures from makeshift migrant camps near the 17th district on Leland between Harding and Pulsaki. These are the conditions. Uh, these are conditions that are neither conducive for local residents nor migrants. Indeed, it's not conducive to anything good for anybody, but that is where we are at. So now I would like to, as we are one to do on this program, go full circle. I think it is fairly obvious. I think we have laid out a case that the left has gone too far with virtually everything. So you must not support the left anymore. You must not support the Democrat party anymore. If you want law and order on your streets, if you want a border, if you wanna make sure that jackals can't ransack businesses, and by the way, eventually, because of that oppressed oppressor narrative, start blowing up buses right here and start murdering people right here. Uh, you better stop voting for these people, right? Uh, so now, I got two more for you real quick. Uh, this is Fox reporting that uh, some of the migrants who are coming into Chicago, they, they can't take it in Chicago. They, they cannot deal with shooting and the murder and the mayhem, and they're going back from where they came. 623 here in New York City. Some migrant families think Chicago is so unpleasant they would rather return to their home countries than face a brutal winter in the Windy City. Without jobs or even places to live, one Venezuelan migrant told the Chicago Tribune, quote, the American dream doesn't exist anymore, at least for them. At least for them. I mean, the Chicago winters can be quite brutal. It is the Windy City. Uh, but do you see what they've done? They have destroyed our cities 
every time someone steps up and say, we'd like law and order, we'd like not to allow this, they call you Hitler and everything else. And what they have also done through education is they have created an absolute generation of young Americans who hate America. They hate freedom, they think we are evil. And as I keep saying, if you think they can disconnect the Jewish people from the ancient land of Israel, that, that Old Testament's about and Jesus who was born in Judea, the story of Hanukkah, which took place in the Judean hills and all of that stuff. Uh, did you ever see the Ten Commandments, the movie with Charlton Heston? Yeah, that's about the Hebrews leaving Egypt, going to Israel. Uh, but if they can disconnect those things, what do you think they can do to you in America? I think you know. And my friend Megan Kelly on her podcast yesterday went off, I believe, uh, what would the kids call this? Fire? Would they say this is fire? Yes. Here's based fire from Megyn Kelly. You don't like America, get out, get out. We don't want you here either. You don't wanna be here, we don't want you, it's perfect, go home. Honestly, like these, half these people are chanting in Arabic about this country that they've clearly chosen, but it's not good enough for them. Get out, we don't need you. Again, you can come to my place for tequila anytime. Right, like this is a time for choosing. And for the Democrats who are waking up, you must choose. Do you wanna go down with that ship and destroy this country and be beheaded a little bit later like Andrea Mitchell? Or do you wanna go like this? Pinch your nose and go, oh my God, maybe I'll have to find common cause with those conservatives because they do believe in law and order. They do think that the founding of America is kind of okay. And they do know that when you put babies in ovens, that's bad and everything else. That is the choice. And I suspect many of them will disappoint us, but maybe not all of them. But to Megan's point, stop being nice, guys. It's not helping us anymore. Stop being lofty and having your ideals and watching people trample over your rights and eventually show up to your home and everything else. It will kill you and it will kill your country, quite literally. We've got a post-game show coming up in about 20 seconds, rubenreport.locals.com. People of the internet will be live at 2 p.m. today, and I'll be on Russell Brand's podcast in about 20 minutes, I think. My full interview with Ayan Hirsi Ali is up across platforms, and it's a bit of a non sequitur for our cold close today, but we leave you with just sort of classic old Joe Biden. Goodbye. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time, Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was gonna foot him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me. Mr. Haney, We're doing it for the first time now in the 21st century, going into the 20s, from the 20th century going into the second quarter of the 21st century, that we'd say 12 years is enough. I think 12 years is enough in the, going into 20, 30, 40, 50. The rebuilding of, uh, of, uh, of Syria, of, uh, of Libya, of, you know, this is, they're there. And I want to thank the Prime Minister of for Colombia's leadership and the ASEAN's ASEAN chair.
Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.